0: Hey there, welcome to another episode of Off the Cup. Uh, today, as usual, we got Bishop with us. What's up? we got Dizzle. And uh, today, playing the part of Buck, is the true y'all.
1: Ah. It's like Bruce
0: Wayne. It's like <laughs> Batman. We don't really know exactly what he does yet. Mysterious. But, yeah, yeah. He seems to know a lot of people, so we're thrilled to have him today. So today, uh, I guess, we're going to, like, recap... Um, the life of Kobe Bryant as you know yesterday um, I think the report said at like 9 o'clock Pacific time uh, a helicopter uh, crashed that had Kobe Bryant and his 13 year old uh, daughter on there along with 7 other people and they all um, they died in that crash so just looking back uh, True and I we talked about this we were big Laker fans I don't I
1: don't know. I was a Bulls fan. Bulls fan. Well, yeah. Well, I like Jordan, Kobe when he came out of high school, but yeah. you know, outside of that.
0: So, uh, so he died yesterday um, in California. Um, he leaves behind a wife and three girls. Um, they met when his wife was seventeen. Um, I'm not sure how old Kobe was. A few years older. Um, he was drafted in 1996 by the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they were stupid for, for him <laughs> Um But traded him to the Lakers, where he then proceeded to have five championships, 18 uh, all-stars, 15 all-NBA team, 12-time all-defensive team, uh, 2008 MVP of the league, uh, and a few more... Um, finals MVPs in there with that and uh, and he retired in 2015 16 year and um, so needless to say there were a lot of accomplishments here um, I, I don't know that I would is he the greatest Laker
2: I've always felt like Magic Johnson was the greatest Laker yeah. but he himself yesterday yeah. said that Kobe was the greatest Laker I saw Laker.
1: That. that's mm. interesting yeah. yeah
0: so you know I was watching the Grammys and they mentioned that Um, the Staples Center was the house that Kobe built and Mm -hmm. in my mind I was first thinking well Magic Johnson kind of helped build that too but so um, but a fantastic basketball player Mm -hmm. nonetheless but you know the heartbreaking thing yesterday was seeing all the news feeds of him and his daughter who uh, seemingly had a very special relationship Mm -hmm. Uh, 13 years old played basketball and Uh, She was the one that died in the crash with him. But, um, you know, I'll just kind of kick it off here and then shoot it around. The first thing that pops in mind, he's 41 years old. um, Wealth beyond our imagination. You know, so uh, just had the rest of his life ahead of him. And uh, that's cut short. So my thinking yesterday and then some of the things that I saw were... um, just time short, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we were even talking about it with our kids last night, and you know, the importance of it is, and we hear this, but it's just that important that you know to nail down that relationship with Christ. Right. Um, and I've read where uh, Kobe was a practicing um, Catholic um, in 2003. Uh, Anyone who follows him uh, knows that there was a sexual assault filed against him in Colorado by a 19-year-old hotel worker. Um, Those charges were later dropped, but needless to say, his life kind of spinned out of control into turmoil. His wife filed for divorce a year or two later, uh, dropped that, Um, they worked on the marriage. You know, he was quoted as saying, I give everything I have to my craft and my profession then I should certainly give that to my family Mm -hmm. so he was not a quitter and um, they seemed to be doing well he went on to say that they're not a perfect marriage that they argue like anybody else but uh, he loves his family and uh, they stayed together so I'm sure they're devastated too but um, it seems to me in reading different reports that that's when he really started talking about his faith and you know we're no different. When things really get rough and tight, that's when we start buckling down and start thinking differently. You know, yeah. um, I'm not here today to say whether or not he was a Christian or not. I don't know. I hope he was. Um, you know, his daughter at 13, there's the age of accountability. I don't know what she did and didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something else she could talk about. But um, the main thing is to make sure that you have that nailed down because today could be our last day Mm -hmm. you know Uh, i'm sure when they got in the helicopter they never thought that would be the last time they would see anyone so um so i don't know i was a big kobe fan some people didn't like him you know um if you're that good you're gonna have a lot of haters right that's right so (laughs) i don't know bishop what what you thinking about
3: Uh, i you know as a as a dad that's the first thing that kind of hits home when you hear something like this happening And, and not just his daughter but several other daughters Right. Um, being on the plane as well, and so as a dad, that kind of hits home yeah. to really kind of you know squeeze your kids on more time before you go to bed at night, you know. Right. Um, but at the same turn, how important it is to uh, to lead them? Uh, from what I understand, you know, she had just kind of picked up the game and was learning and had some some obviously some skill with it, yeah. um, and so that relationship grew. Maybe a little more in in a different way than the other daughters did, Um, and so you've got something special there with your kid. And and the importance of investing in your children. That I saw a picture of the uh, the gym they were going to, um, and everybody waiting around, and all these daughters and dads and moms, you know, hanging out. Um, And uh, the report talked about how a lot of them were in tears, a lot of of emotion going on there, you know. Uh, But this seemed to be something that they did a lot was was fly back and forth. and so it's just one of those things that you, that you mentioned. Life is short. James reminds us life is like a vapor. It's, it's, it's here one minute and gone the next. And, and you've got to uh, redeem that time that we have and make it count. Invest in the lives of, of your children and work on those relationships. Um, I, will, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan. Right. Um, I mean, I, I he he he's a magician on the court for sure. Yeah, in a lot of they ways. The reason they him uh, Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but I did respect his work ethic, man. Uh, and and it showed on the court. You know, you never really see what goes on behind the scenes. A lot of these NBA players uh, or professional athletes, but to play at that degree, there had to be a lot of hard work and intentionality put into it. Right. Um, and and then, um you know that does leave a legacy whether you realize it or not and so as we live our lives we've got to do it on purpose do it intentionally investing mm-hmm. in other people uh which seen, seemed do seem to be a genius too with like five languages i think he knew mm-hmm. um and so i mean he 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 made it a point it seemed like to anything he did he tried to perfect it as best he could yeah. um and and so that speaks volumes to that legacy that he'll leave behind and so then i'll finish up saying what what legacy are we leaving behind because again Today could be it for us. You know, we walk out that door and it's, and it's over. Um, and so what kind of legacy are we leaving behind for our family and those around us? Was his dad
0: military?
2: I think he just played overseas. I don't think okay. he was military. I know military he was overseas.
0: but Because yeah. um, there was an article recently where Kobe was sitting courtside. And uh, it was a foreign player, and he was speaking to him in his language. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, you know, as you speak, I'm, I'm thinking that he's a great example or was a great example of, and, and we talk about this spiritually too, you know, don't settle for good when you can be great. Right, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Kobe just, he was never satisfied. Yeah. Um, always pushing to be the greatest. You know, And uh, some could argue that he was mm-hmm. uh, in those respects. But, you know, I was always a huge uh, Michael Jordan fan. And Kobe was as close to him as I think anybody could ever come yep. um, to that greatness, you know, and just that killer mentality right. um, to be that great. So, deals um, a when when you're born? 84. Okay. I keep thinking you're younger. So, you he followed his career.
1: You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember and me and my dad, Basketball's always kind of been our thing because the Razorbacks were always better at basketball growing up than football. They've kind of yeah. gone back and forth with that. But we, we, I remember him coming into the league and just thinking like this kid's coming out of high school, you know, cause that was when that was still okay. Right. And, uh, just blew our minds how good he was but I think more than anything we were kind of watching to see if he might be the next Michael because that was always the thing after Michael Jordan like who's going to be the next right. and like you said I think he his game was probably the closest and and in the way that he would play with guys that weren't always superstars you know yeah. whereas you look at like LeBron and he's surrounded by superstars and I don't know yeah, a big I, I, I admire yeah. Jordan and Kobe Definitely. and people that played with people that yeah. weren't um, and he
0: was drafted 13th overall. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he came There's in. There's a lot bowl. of teams
1: kicking themselves, you know, <laughs> 1 through 12 probably. Yeah. But um, ultimately, I, the, the thing that caught me, I guess, that I thought was called coincidence, ironic, maybe not, but uh, Dwight Howard was talking about how LeBron had passed Kobe on the all-time scoring, and he made a comment at the very end that said, we should appreciate people while they're alive. And this is the night before the crash, and it's just kind of interesting with that. That came out, but I think that's the thing to look at is just let's appreciate people while they're here, like you see all the stuff going on now on social media about Kobe and how all these people love Kobe and they pre- but like how many people said it while he was here you know mm-hmm. so
0: well, i I've never obviously had a conversation with him, but I would think just from things I've seen and read that you know at some point, yeah, he wanted to be the greatest basketball player to ever live, but I think if you could ask him that, he would want to leave the legacy that, listen, I was a father who kids knew that yeah. they were loved, yeah. and a wife knew that I loved her, and, you know, that legacy, because he retired a few years ago, and, you know, ultimately, I'm sure he had a busy schedule, and right. he was spending a lot of time with his family as well. So. Yeah,
1: and I think... Um, just looking at articles and interviews and things, you know, when he made that change from number eight to number 24, yeah. in his eyes, that was when he started really growing and made that change after the turmoil and all the things he went through. Yeah. And I mean, I probably liked him more after he retired, like as far as being a person, because I heard so much good come out of yeah. of what he was doing. So, yeah, know, it was kinda I mean,
0: cool. I'm, I'm as big a sports fan as anybody, you know, but when you hear something this tragic, my first thought goes to, man, I hope his spiritual life was right. Right, right. That's my first thought. Yeah. And then, you know, two, it goes to his wife and kids, yeah. uh, the loss that they're going to experience. So really the sports thing, when it's all said and done, as much emphasis as we put on it here and now, yeah. when it's all said and done and there's no more, <laughs> it really doesn't matter right. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. You yep. Know? Yep. But... Um, so now we'll wrap it up true and i were talking on the phone and i kind of coerced you to like drive all the way across town to scramble yeah yeah to scramble to get here with two small kids who probably didn't want to come but um so you've had the opportunity to work in the nba and be around these guys and you had some cool um things that, that you and i talked about and i thought it'd be a great way to wrap up off the cuff today would you tell your yeah. stories because you've actually encountered Kobe Bryant right so we're reading it and you've talked to the man so just kind of reiterate what you were telling me uh earlier about those
2: yeah I mean there's a few things you guys have touched on here as you know I've been listening um and and some of those things were like the immediate devastation when you hear this news right and like my thought somewhat immediate because I'm just I'm a Lakers fan I've been a Lakers fan since I was eight yeah um there's the stun of it and then when you kinda get your wits about you, you do question like, I hope his heart was right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really discuss that with him like with my family, because we're all just kinda watching the news. I'm getting texts from my friends in the industry and stuff and yeah. not wanting to believe this is true, right? Just waiting for somebody to go, oh, it's a joke. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh we were walking our dogs last night, um, me and my two kids, and my oldest is Grace, she's eight, She she says, Dad, do you think there's going to be NBA in heaven? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't want to respond to that. And I'm like, Grace, let's just hope Kobe Bryant's in heaven. Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is bigger than basketball. Right? Yeah. And then, like, another thing that's kind of trivial, but you guys, you mentioned earlier how the Hornets were silly to trade Kobe Bryant. But
0: I think I said stupid. stupid. <laughs> stupid. In, 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 hindsight, in hindsight, like, a lot
2: of people had overlooked Kobe and his talent and, like, his work ethic. <laughs> being in high school right and right. Jerry West was one of the first people to acknowledge like this guy's special and at the time the Hornets were a relatively good basketball team mm-hmm. and they just needed some presence in the paint right. and that was Vlade Divac and yeah. they could trade a player that they didn't really you know invest a lot of scouting in for Vlade Divac and they went on to win like 60 mm-hmm. games and get into the playoffs and ball to the Bucks later in the playoffs and they could Possibly could have gone to the finals, and right. Kobe didn't really even start his first two seasons. But mm-hmm. you could tell there was something special there, and yeah. it's just getting the opportunity to be on the court. But um, trying to think about some of some of the other things that were mentioned. You mentioned like work ethic. Um, I've had an opportunity working for other you know, NBA teams in the past where I have access to see shoot-arounds and workouts that maybe the the public doesn't have access to because doors on the game night usually open around six o'clock and there is a shoot-around and a layup line that most fans get to witness but before that there's players have the opportunity if they want to come over early from the hotel they can shoot around at their leisure and we're talking like maybe five to ten people would be witnessing these workouts and a lot of times it would be Kobe Bryant And whoever's rebounding for him, someone on the staff, not usually another teammate, but it was very systematic and calculated, the workouts he would go through, picking his sweet spots on the floor that you would would see him perform, right? That, that, That night you see the performance. The workout was just as interesting and probably more mesmerizing because he would work himself into a game, sweat, lather, This literally, like, I'm playing two games in one day, and I'm still going to perform at a higher level when you've been resting all day in the hotel. Right? It's it was just amazing. I we were talking earlier this morning. um, You're amazed at the talent this guy has when he's in game and like the shots he's hitting. But you should see him, or you should have seen him shooting with no one guarding him. Unbelievable! Like you're literally watching, going is this cat going to miss like <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing and i've had an opportunity to watch a lot of guys work on their craft and I, I feel like you didn't really hear that terminology until people started connecting with kobe like working on a craft right. it was just well, at practice or you see people being very jovial at a shoot around this was a, this was a dude who was dedicated to his craft yeah um so those that's one of the things that that i'll like you know, hold on to now that this has all happened and, some of the memories I've had, but also have friends that are um, equipment managers in the NBA. And there's countless times that Lakers arrive to any given city late at night in wee hours of the morning. Kobe would contact the, other bas- the, the, the home team's basketball operations um, team and get access to the gym to go work out at 2 and 3 in the morning by himself. No one else is doing that. (laughs) Right. right? We're sleeping. And that's why he
0: was who he was. Right. Right. You've got a Tiger Woods being interviewed and he's impressed by your work ethic and just the way you carried yourself to be the best. Right. That's impressive. It's Mm -hmm.
2: impressive. And I I just, you know, the news has been saturated with all of this over the past, ironically, 24 hours. and I. may get the actual quote wrong, but he he himself was saying that he felt like he had a God-given talent, right? Right. And he didn't want to waste a moment of that. He wanted to be known as a player that didn't waste a moment, didn't waste a performance, and he wanted to take that God-given talent and overachieve with it.
0: To be a good steward of what he was given. Right, right. We see it it's it's like he's larger than life. You know, I never saw him personally. I didn't get to see him play, uh, other than TV and it just seems like he's on another planet, you know, but, uh, and I know you'll be a humble guy, but we'll wrap it up with a story. Tell,
2: tell us the uh, story about you actually meeting. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, I'll try to keep it short. Um, and a lot of a lot of it, I don't remember that well, like some of the stuff is kind of coming back as I'm watching news and kind right. of thinking back on my own experience. But, um, I worked for the new Orleans Hornets when they were in Oklahoma city after hurricane Katrina and, Commonly, a team, um, if you had an away game and you didn't travel with the team, you would have a watch party for fans in the neighborhood or in the community to come and um, get some prizes, watch the game, watch your team while they're on the road. And I'm pretty sure the Hornets were playing Houston or one of the Texas teams, but we were slated to play the Lakers the next night. And this was in Bricktown. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Oklahoma City, but Bricktown's mm-hmm. kind of the warehouse district. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're just in bricktown watching a game it's really cold that night it's snowing like no one's really out on the streets we're inside watching this game and um being a creative person i feel like i'm kind of cursed with this trait where i pick up on patterns <laughs> and um people's little ticks they have or just things that are repetitive yeah. and uh we're, we're watching the game and then i just see this kind of figure very almost out of my peripheral vision like walk by and I've watched enough Laker games over the years to know what Kobe Bryant's walk was like. So I lean over and tell my wife, Nick, I'm like, no, Kobe just walked by, and they're all like the people we're with. Like, what? Because Kobe Bryant should not even be on the street late at night, Uh, you know, it's cold and snowy. I'm
0: not even going to ask if you were drinking.
2: No, no. For the record, I've never drank. (laughs) Somebody write that down. (laughs) Um, But anyway... So, my friends, knowing that I'm a huge Lakers fan, even though we work for the Hornets, they're encouraging me to go out on the street and just meet Kobe. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to chase him down. Like, we're not supposed to do that as employees of another team. We'll meet that guy. But I'm finally like, there's so much pressure. I'm like, okay, let's just step on the street. If he's in close proximity, I'll step over. And he just happened to be in close proximity. He stopped to talk to some other fans and probably about a block away from us. So, I walk over and it's me and maybe four or five other people that work for the team, like the Hornets. And he is more than giving of his time. I like, can't like remember specifics of the conversation, but he's very inquisitive about each of us. We're not really asking him any questions because it's obvious we know who he is, right? <laughs> yeah. But he learns that um, many of us are um, employees of the Hornets. So he's asking us about like our jobs, what do we do? And he's asking me about my job and like getting some details of it. I'm, like, you're thinking to yourself, I've been around enough athletes with Media Day and whatnot. They're usually – it's not that – I wouldn't say they don't care, but they're so focused on the next thing. They don't take the moment Hmm. to say, Brad, tell me about your family. They they don't do that. Mm -hmm. So for Kobe to do that in a moment, like literally just meeting us and not knowing us from Adam, I I was very impressed with that. And um, I told you earlier, Nick was painting this picture of, like, I was the – the biggest lakers fan on the planet I, I actually my mom can attest to this i still have a room um at her house that is painted lakers purple and has gold doors there's a lot of lakers stuff <laughs> mom still, really still loves you, yeah yeah and there's like hardwood floors in there so it's, it's, it's kind of over the top so but nick is sharing this with kobe and i'm thinking this is not the way i wanted this to play out but um anyway i i, I was also you know i after Nick's basically telling him I've been a Lakers fan all my life, and I, we're just kind of chatting about that. And I said, "Yeah, you know, I was kind of debating on whether I should wear a Lakers shirt to the game tomorrow night. You know, I'm a I'm Hornets employee and he's like all for it. He's like, yeah, you should wear the Lakers shirt. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I got to hang on to a job as well. But I ended up wearing the Lakers shirt, like under like a hoodie or something. Right. But, and it, it was based on that conversation. This is well before Mamba mentality, but it was, I kind of took on that mentality of moment, like this is something I'm loyal to, so why not support it? I'm not going to go right. run out in half court and just yeah. show a Lakers <laughs> you know, your colors, mm-hmm. but um, just my interaction with him, great dude, giving of his time, very curious about you, and I can see where the reports have come out where if he did want to pursue something, he had no problem picking up a phone and calling, like whoever in any industry, right. and really getting to the nitty-gritty of like what they were about and what it took to get there. Yeah. Um, but like just another thought that I had on the drive over here, um, just seeing him in those workouts when it's just him mm-hmm. or someone rebounding, a lot of what forms us as individuals happens in moments of solitude, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So whatever you're devoting your time to in the moments of solitude when nobody's watching yeah. oftentimes will dictate how you perform in the spotlight and how you can navigate through the darkness. Right.
0: That's good. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That, that's where the greatness is formed. It's Mm -hmm. when the lights are off, yeah. yeah. you know, and nobody's really looking or paying attention. Um, And then just to hear you wrap up talking about him, it it reminds us that, you know, yes, he's a superhuman athletic guy, but he's, (laughs) he's a son, you know, he's a dad, he's a husband, he's all these things, you know, and um, so it just reminds us that time is short. Yeah. And, you know, interesting enough to pursue greatness. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, God designed us to be the very best that we can be. And we talk about this often, but we're just kind of like, good's got us. You know, (laughs) we're satisfied with that in our own Christian walk and in our churches. And uh, we're not pursuing that next level. And, um, you know, I look at a guy like this and I admire him for that kind of, ethic that he had Definitely. you know he didn't have to do that he could have had people cater to him all day long right yeah. um but he wasn't built that way and he didn't succumb to um that way of life uh, oh. he still worked hard so there's a lot to be said in that so uh, today we just wanted to honor that And talk about it and um, obviously continue to pray for his family and uh, those surrounded by um, the tragedy. And, you know, it's just just still kind of shocking, honestly. Uh, I was taking a nappy poo in the text (laughs) that you and Chris were having yesterday. Then woke up, my son told me in my sleep, and I woke up remembering he told me something and I Googled it. And by then I knew that it, it really happened. So, but anyway... So we want to thank y'all for being with us for another episode of Off the Cuff. I think True for uh, booking it over here across town to be with us today. Yeah. It's an honor to have you on here sure. and have the personal stories. But we'll see you back here next time. Same time, different topic.